Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor Major Hibbert Senior, coming to you from on the wall E Ministries here in Alpha Vista, Virginia. We're coming to you this morning from our Sunday school hour. We thank God for you joining us this morning. Uh, we have got a beautiful lesson this morning, Responsibility of Those Called. February the 19th, our lesson 12, coming out of our King James Version of our uh, Standard Commentary. Uh, this morning, if you have a uh, universal lesson plan, a commentary, anyone except Union Gospel Press, you can follow along with us this morning. If you have your Bibles, follow along with us in James 2nd chapter, verses 1 through 12. Again, responsibility of those called. Uh, this morning, as we study our lesson aims this morning, is be able to summarize uh, the favoritism uh, that is incapable with Christ's honor in life. Then compare and contrast the biblical concept of favoritism with the modern definitions of discrimination. Then find a purpose and a way to identify and correct uh, those occasions when uh, his or her church does not treat people equally. When we don't treat people equally, we should uh, have a uh, way to identify and correct those measures. Again, uh, as we look at our lesson this morning, uh, coming out of James 2nd chapter, verses 1 through 12, responsibility of those called. Uh, our lesson scripture this morning reads, uh, My brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Uh, for if there come unto you an assembly of a man with a gold ring of goodly apparel, and there come also a poor man in vile raiment, uh, and you have respect for him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou and here in a good place, and say to the poor man, Stand here, or sit here under my footstool. Verse 4. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Uh, verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, and has not God chosen the poor of the world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised them that love him? Verse 6. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? And do not they blaspheme? The worthy name by which ye are called, verse 8. And if ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Verse 9. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law of transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend one point, he is guilty of all. Verse 11. He that said... Uh, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill, and do not commit adultery. If ye do kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Verse 12, I found. So speak ye, and do, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Again, in our text this morning, as we study responsibility of those who call uh, our Lesson aims is to summarize favoritism in, uh, that is incapable or incompatible with the Christ's honor in life. Then look at those biblical concepts between favoritism uh, with our modern definitions of, of discrimination. Then identify, try to correct ways in your own personal life that you have treated people uh, unequally. So let us get into our introduction this morning, praying or playing favorites. 
Uh, with regard to divisions among followers of Christ, a tendency has been to focus on doctrinal divides, uh, like a uh, 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 meaning of the Last Supper. I know my boss said that uh, they don't just drink the Last Supper, they partake in it like they're taking the Holy Eucharist, they call it. Uh, they, they're taking the blood and the body of Christ. Y'all just taking communion. You drinking wine and bread. But we're taking of the body and the blood of Christ. But when we pray over our bread, he said, this body and this is my blood. So all of us are in the same boat. But we have these doctrinal divides. But it's easy for us and other reasons for divisions uh, also weigh heavily. One of those involves race. In 1963, Dr. King said that one of the most segregated hours of the day is Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Churches have needed to correct some of those in regard, but mm -hmm. over the last 60 years since Dr. King died, we have had very little progress. Mm -hmm. Various demographics point to other divides among uh, believers, and researchers especially note that there are denominational affiliations that, that divide the socio-economic uh, uh, divides that separate us. Those observations are not uh, airtight, but these are exceptions. But to point to the truth of our human nature, we tend to associate with people who are like us. You yeah. know, and, and we complain about the church being too black or too white, but we mm -hmm. gather around people who are more like us. Yeah. The more differences that exist in a group, a lot of times uh, there are social and economic and cultural differences and there are instabilities because of those differences. The problem faced the readers in our church today that James was writing to is recognizable because those same problems that they faced then, we are facing today. Likewise, Amen. James Amen. presents us with a, a political way to face those uh, discriminations or the favoritism that we show to each other in our churches today. So as we look at our uh, lesson context, we want to look at James the man, but also James the author of our books today, the one who wrote the letter. So there are four men named James in the New Testament, and uh, here we are talking about James, who was the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, which was uh, uh, the brother of, of Jesus. They were not believers when Jesus uh, first came on the scene, but after the death and resurrection, uh, the brothers came on board, and James became the leader there in the church in uh, Jerusalem. And he, uh, uh, Paul and, 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 and the other believers had came, and Peter, they came to him, and Peter and James wanted to be able to allow the, uh, the those Gentile Christians to be circumcised. And, and, and all of a sudden, Paul stood up and said, uh, they, that, that's a burden that God put on us. We will not put that burden on the Gentiles. So he was uh, very understandable when it came to prejudices because he had prejudice in himself that he wanted to have the Gentile to try to stand and be measured the same as the uh, uh, the Jewish believers. And then also this letter, uh, given the details of James' life and therefore reasonable supposition is that the letter was written around 50 AD. Uh, basically, it was one of the first letters ever written in the New Testament. Uh, but the letter lacks certain typical features of this ancient letter features throughout Paul's letters. And at the opening, uh, he did not have the salutation like Paul always starts with. But uh, this letter here was trying to write to Jewish Christians uh, that, that, uh, about their behavior and their background. Uh, fellow uh, believers under duress there in Jerusalem, the recipients of this letter 
were scattered abroad in the references here called the diaspora or the great uh, 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 exodus that the Christians did because of persecution. Mm -hmm. uh, the diaspora Christians uh, after Pentecost, they, they scattered. But that's how God allowed the, the growth of the church. Those scattered took that faith with them and they started early churches. And then we want to look at our uh, beginning of our study this morning as we look at our text of the problem identified. Let's look at the problem partially forbidden. Partiality is forbidden. forbidden. Uh, verse 1 says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to a person. So he's saying that, that, that doesn't Jesus Christ teach us that we should not have respect to persons? He said that that's the faith that we're built on. There is no Gentile, there is no Jew, no Greek, no bond, no free. There is no division in the body of Christ. So there is no area for respect to persons because God looks at the heart, ain't he? He doesn't look at the cultural background. He does not look at your gender. He does not look at your race, creed, or color. God looks at the heart. He said there is no what? There is no room in the kingdom of God for what? To have respect to the persons in the All sense right. of showing partiality to one or the other. So here we got to understand again that partiality came when they were trying to put burdens on the uh, the uh, Gentile Christians that the Jews had to uh, live up to. Partiality is illustrated in verse number two. Let's look at that. So, for if there come unto you an assembly of a man in a gold ring and in a goodly apparel, and there also come a man in veil raiment. He's given them a hypothetical situation here that uh, if one come in with raiment and one come in as poor, will you treat those individuals the same? Will you have a, a, a different favoritism or discrimination against one and not the other? Yeah. So here he is saying that uh, if you come in, how will you react? So he's yeah. giving them this hypothetical situation because it was very evident in that church at that time, very yeah. evident among Jews, very mm -hmm. evident in our generation that we have today. Amen. Preachers come in and they make seat, make rooms for them. Sometimes ladies come in and they don't make room for them. And, and then all of a sudden, elderly come in and all of a sudden, we make room for ministers and elders and bishops, but we don't make room for elders. So we do have certain prejudices that we have in the church and we so favoritism toward certain groups and certain others. So we, we have to be concerned about that. So here he is telling us that we treat people with partiality based on who they are. Come on, man. And we should not do that. He mm -hmm. said God does not do that, so we shouldn't do it either. So mm -hmm. this hypothetical situation, see, let's look how it, uh, how it runs out in verse 3. He said that, and ye have respect for him that wear that gate holding, and say to him, sit here in a good place. Then you say to the poor, stand there or sit here under my footstool. So in that church, they had areas in the church, they had families. Look at the history of the church in America. They, they, they had church back in the uh, early days where, where, where the, uh, uh, they would have church boxes where families would come and every family would sit in a certain box. Families that were rich sit in a what? A higher box. Families that were four, if you didn't have a family box, you just sat out in the general con congregation. So they had ways of discriminating and showing favoritism within the body of Christ. 
And, and we have to be careful about that. James is writing that not to them, but he's writing it to us. We should not treat people with disrespect or with regard. It says here, the word respect means so special regard for. Don't show special regard for other people, but not others. Always show people the same regard one to another. Mm -hmm. Don't be uh, show favoritism to one and not to the other. So mm -hmm. here he's telling them in verse 4, partiality implication. Partiality is implication. Verse 4 says, are you not being partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Mm -hmm. He said there are two accusations that grow naturally out of the situation that James is presenting in our lesson today. He said they formed these rhetorical questions and he asked them and the answer was it must be yes. Yes, we show partiality to others and then we become uh, evil judges when we uh, elevate some and then put other people down. Yep. He says that the answer is yes. Today we express the idea of being partial in yourselves as what? Discrimination or showing prejudices. Mm -hmm. The second phase of this verse make it equally a pointed statement. Judges of evil thoughts mean judges who have evil thoughts. If judging is to be objective based on the law, not personal preferences, then rich and poor are treated what? Equally. Only when the evil judge, you go to the judge, you got the money, you get off. You got a lawyer, you get off. You got the well-known lawyer, you don't even get charged at all. They drop the charges. So there are favoritism built into our system. And he said that it was built into the system then. The rich people got favoritism. He said, but that's not the way God operates. We don't operate like the world. We should operate in love, not the way that the world operates. So here he's saying, you are not partial. You're, you're partial when you show that favoritism, and then you're having evil thoughts because of the fact of the way that you're treating people. He said, only an evil judge will show partiality. So he says, you're just like them. You, you, you're complaining about how people are treating you, but then you're treating the people the same way that the evil judge will treat you downtown. Mm -hmm. You go downtown, you ain't got no money, you going to jail, you yeah. go some time. Mm -hmm. You go to jail and ain't got no bond money, you going to jail. Mm -hmm. But if you got the bond money or you know somebody, yeah. that's all you need to do. You got to know somebody. Know when somebody. you know somebody and go down to court, all of a sudden, you be showing partiality. But he mm -hmm. said, in the church, in the church. It should not be that way. In the church. Problem evaluated. James 2nd chapter verses 5 and 7. God's right action. He said, Hearken, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of the world, rich in faith, and the heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to them that love him? Now, James represents here the first three arguments that indicate uh, why showing uh, partiality is wrong. He says the first argument uh, points to that favoritism is inconsistent with the fact that God has chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith. Ain't that something? Mm -hmm. The poor of the world is to be rich in faith. Mm -hmm. The way James frames the question might be jarring to our ears, but what is so special about poor? The answer is we might look again at the numerous Old Testament uh, that addresses it in Psalms 9 and Psalms 10, Psalms 18, Isaiah uh, 11. And these uh, were added in the New Testament text of the Psalms uh, uh, of Mary in Luke 
uh, one, and I read that this morning in my morning reading, particularly verses 52 and 53. He says that he has put down the mighty from his seat. And then 53 says that he has uh, filled the hungry with good things. So God blesses mm -hmm. us. God is inconsistent with the way that the world acts. The world shows favoritism. God blesses all. He says it rains on the what? Just and the unjust. So God does not show the same favoritism we do. But look at verses 6. Verse 6 says, Readers, wrong action. He said, But ye have what? Despise the poor. He said, Do not the rich oppress you and draw you into the judgment seats? So why are you treating those individuals with favoritism when they're the ones that are drawing you into the judgment seat. They're the ones that are taking you to court. You know, then you can put your trust in them. I trust the lawyers, but the lawyers are the ones that are taking you to court. Come on now. And I trust the judges, but the judges are the ones that are putting you to prison. Yep. So why do you trust and do what they do when they're the ones that are oppressing you? Mm -hmm. So he said, don't act the way the world acts. Yep. They're the ones that despise the poor, and they're the ones that oppress you, the rich, and they're the ones that draw you into the judgment seat. So why are you treating them with that respect when they don't say the same respect for you? He said, do unto others as, as you would have them to do unto you. So those others should always be doing unto you what you want to do to them too. Mm -hmm. But you should have that same respect. Verse 7, he said, don't they blaspheme the word and name by which you are called? Uh, our scripture says the responsibility of the calling. Mm -hmm. So our responsibility, we are called, so they are blaspheming us, and we are called, so we are acting out the same way that they are acting out, but all of, they are judging us all along. They are mm -hmm. blaspheming the call that we have. So why would we take someone to court in a Christian manner? Church is taking people to court in a Christian manner, that those individuals down there are the ones that are judging us and blaspheming the very word that we are preaching. Yes. So why do yes. we go to courts to handle some of our men and women? He said brothers and sisters should come mm. together in agreement. Eh? Mm -hmm. And if they don't agree, we should be able to sit in and discuss it and talk it over. So yeah. we shouldn't act like the world. Mm -hmm. A problem solution. What is the solution when we have certain prejudices or certain favoritism within our families, in our churches, mm -hmm. in our communities, in whatever we're doing. Verse 8 says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. See, if you love your neighbor as yourself, you will not be treating him in a way indifferent to the way that you wanted to be treated. Yeah. I, why would I treat him any different than I would want to be treated? Amen. So here he says, to solve it, love everybody. Love, love people and treat people with love. He said, if you do that, you do well. Yep. See, this is the only place in the Bible where the phrase royal law mm -hmm. is found. James immediately reveals that what he means is identifying with this in Leviticus, that you love your neighbor as yourself. In the importance of this imperative, Jesus' declaration, it is two greatest commandments, to love the Lord with all thy heart and all thy might, but love thy neighbor as thyself. Loving yeah. one neighbor yeah. uh, excludes partiality and prejudice. Mm -hmm. If I love you, I don't have any prejudice against no. you. If I love you, I don't have any partiality against you. No. He says the whole solution to the problem with prejudices is that we don't love one another. There so let, let's look at this, the situation that we're in today. We have all denominational. 
mm -hmm. uh, prejudices. We got denominational divisions. Mm -hmm. So that means that we in the body of Christ, are we not loving each other? Yes. The text says that if we would love one another, yes. that's the solution to the problem. So how do we have so many divisions within the body of Christ between cultures, denominations, and races, and creeds? And we have that. We're called Christians. We're followers of Christ. But somehow we still have these inherent prejudices that are down on the inside of each one of us. Yeah. So don't point the finger. You got them. I got them. We don't like to hang around with folks of other denominations. We don't like to hang around. We don't like to invite people of yeah. other denominations. We don't like to invite people of other churches. Uh -huh. And we call it a discernment. No, it's not discernment when you don't want to associate with other Christians. Yep. They call that prejudices or discrimination or favoritism or either way you want to call it. Thank That's you. what our text is calling it. You call it whatever you want. But the thing is, we have an issue with the body of Christ. We got to go to heaven together. But we can't worship together. We're going to heaven anyhow. But we can't get along down here. Because somehow I think that if I speak this way, I'm better than you. If I can cast it out, my faith is stronger than your faith. He said faith that is strong is humility. Humble faith is strong faith. When you humble self before the Lord, that's when the God blesses you. That's when you show the love of God. When you humble yourself in the presence of God and around others, mm -hmm. rather than showing favoritism or showing that I am better than anybody yeah, else. Verse number nine, breaking the law. He said that if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced or convicted of the law as a transgressor. If you show favoritism, you commit sin. And that means that all of us are what? All of us are sinners. People get real upset. Christians get real upset when you say you're a sinner. Mm -hmm. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Yeah, you, you're a sinner and you still sin. You but you're not a sinner as an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. You're still sin and you come short in the glory of God. Uh -huh. That's the word of God. If you have no sin, the word of God says you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So we have all sin, and all of us show favoritism. Yes, Let us do. be real. I like old uh, Pastor uh, Ed Jones. Praise the Lord. He's gone home to be with the Lord. But oh, 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 Ed Jones, he preached with us down at Mount Obi. He said, if you would just be honest with yourself. Quit playing. The Bible is not your resume. The Bible is the way you desire to be. But we think somehow the Bible is our resume. No, it, it's your desired resume. It's your desired resume. But the thing is, things in the Bible that you know are not right, it's still in your spirit. You are guilty. I'm guilty. We hold prejudices. Why is the lesson in the Bible today? If we, we don't have any. Why would Jesus put a, a, a scripture in the Bible why would God allow this scripture to be in the Bible writing to believers to tell you not to be what? Prejudiced. <laughs> because we're all guilty. Yeah. Let us be, look, be honest with yourself. We're all guilty. We show respect to persons, but when we do that, we what? We sin. Yeah. And we are convicted of the law as a transgressor of the law. Then verse 10 says, but whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet, if on one point, you're guilty of all. So mm -hmm. that means that we're all guilty. We have all sinned. Sin we have all come short of the glory of God. 
We have all fallen short. So to show the seriousness of this matter, James made the argument familiar with his readers, especially those who had Jewish background. The law of Moses presents itself with a collection of these individual commands, but has a unified whole meaning in both the laws and a single law in a unit. So the whole law and an individual law is all still the law. One law is the law. All of the laws is the law. If you break one, you've broken the entire law. So it doesn't make you uh, mm. uh, good to say, hey, I'm 99% I'm good. But that 1%, huh, the standard that God gave his people was not so that they could obey some and much of all of it, but he desires that we obey what? All of it, not much of all of it. You know, the young man came to Jesus and said that I, I've obeyed the commandments ever since I was born. And Jesus said, I got it. <laughs> Jesus said, sell all you have and give it to the poor. He said he walked away sad because he had much. Mm -hmm. See, we talked about it in Bible study, possessions and prosperity. Much can get your mind away from God if you put your mind on this stuff. Mm -hmm. He says that don't make that stuff your God. Don't make favoritism. I, I listened to a preacher the other day here. He said, don't make Bible your God. Because God is bigger than the Bible. Mm -hmm. God is only, the Bible is only collection, is only a, 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 a snippet of who God is. God is bigger than the Bible. So everything that God wants us to know may not be in the Bible. That's what the Holy Spirit, he is our teacher and our comforter. The Bible validates it. But God speaks to us. He said to think about uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac. Didn't have no Bible. Mm -hmm. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't have no Bible. Moses didn't have no Bible because he was first writing it. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a Bible. But we worship God. We, we, God is above the Bible because God is the one who, who, who wrote the Bible. That the Bible is only a snippet. What did they say about Jesus? If you wrote everything about Jesus... The books would not be big enough to hold it. So everything that God wants us to know, the Bible did not have room enough to know it. But everything you need to know is in there. Mm -hmm. But everything that God tells you is not in there because now he's still speaking to us through what? His Holy Spirit. It's our teacher, our comforter. Mm -hmm. But if the Holy Spirit teaches you something that is contrary to the word, the word of God validates it. So it's bigger than us. Mm -hmm. He said, do not kill do not steal. And if you do that, you become a transgressor of the law. Mm -hmm. So liberation of the law. So speak ye and do that ye shall be judged by the law of liberty. Knowing and understanding all of this. James, his readers, is speaking. He says, speaking and do it. We naturally think that the laws in terms of restrictions, mm -hmm. but the law of liberty is freeing us from the power or the penalty of the law. Christ died on the cross who took away the what penalty of the law, but his resurrection gave us the power over the power of the law. So he died to give us the power and the penalty that paid for sin. Sin took care. Sin said you, you're a sinner. Excuse me. The law says you're a sinner. But Christ came to give you power over the law that says you're a sinner to make you right with God by you accepting him. When you accept Jesus Christ to come into your life, he makes you right with God. 
So now what he said, you need to speak it and do it so that you should be judged by the law of liberty. We've been freed from the power and penalty of the law that sin, uh, 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 that, that, that identifies sin in our life. See, the law just identifies the sin, ain't it? Mm -hmm. But the law can't make you do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. The law says that you're speeding, but the law can't make you drive under the speed limit. You have to have a heart, ain't it? God wants us to have a heart to follow him. Yeah. Follow him. So he says, speak it that you'll be judged by the law of liberty. So we thank God for you joining mm -hmm. us this morning. Let us conclude our lesson. Today's text is justly famous for the specific sin that identifies and condemns us. Discrimination grows out of this fallen human nature that all of us have. A nature that is drawn to wealth and status and position and at least the proximity. You don't have to get position. You just got to get near it. See, we don't have to have power. We can just have a title and, and with no power, and we still think we're better than somebody else. And so everyone is subject to it. We are subject to this law, and we all think of instances when temptation has been present in us to be able to make ourselves bigger than somebody else. You know, don't make yourself bigger, but don't make yourself any smaller than anybody else. But we're all equal in the eyes of God. Jesus uh, James is teaching here that for as well as for his initial reasons for us as well, may we take this lesson as an encouragement to examine the patterns of our own lives and root out the prejudices in those places that we have in our lives that don't accept people who they are. What do we tell them in church? Come as you are. Mm -hmm. But as you come, we started micromanaging how do we want to change you. God going to change you. We can't. But we try to micromanage how we're going to change you. Do yep. this and do that. Allow the Spirit of God to operate and make the changes in your life. Replace that uh, way of judging people. Replace it with love. Mm. When you replace it with love, then you can be able to hide a multitude of sins. Ain't what the word Amen. said? Love can cover a multitude of, of sin or iniquities or indifferences or prejudices or or, or, or or discriminations. Love is the redeeming principle. That's what Hill Creek said. Mm -hmm. Love is our redeeming principle. Yep. So that gives us the opportunity to be able to make a difference to somebody else's life. That's our responsibility, to be called to do the work that God has called us to do. So let us pray. Father God, mm -hmm. may your Holy Spirit teach us to see those who walk the earth with us as you see them, not as we see them, as we do, deliver us from the sins of our partiality, our prejudices, our discrimination, our preferences, so that we can be able to live holistically as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So our thought to remember for our lesson today, God doesn't play favorites, and neither should we. So we should love everybody the same. Treat people in the same way. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning for our Sunday school hour. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come and hopefully we've said some things to encourage us to put aside our prejudices and our differences and our divisions and let us live together. We are one body in Christ. But in order for to do that, we got to learn to love one another. Be that type of love that will bind and cover and to be able to hide, I, I like the old one said, hide me behind the cross. Let us hide our indifferences behind the cross. 
Let us hide those things that divide us so that we can be that body where Christ come back to receive without spot or wrinkle. You want to be in the number? I want to be in that number. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. We want to get prepared to now to enter into our worship hour. Uh, we, uh, we, we're celebrating black history this morning. We got on our little black history attire this morning, and hopefully we'll be able to...